G'day, you're watching the online ministry of St. Augustine's Anglican Church in Varel. My name is Adam Draycott and welcome. Our sentence of scripture comes from Psalm 88 verse 2. Let our prayer come before you, O Lord. Incline your ear to our cry. Let us pray. God of power and mercy, be our protector and our shield. Give us freedom of spirit and health in mind and body to do your work uh, here on earth. May we serve you with all joy and gladness. We ask this through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. So
As we come to the ministry of God's Word, our Bible readings come from Isaiah 45, verses 20 to 24, Psalm 100, and Romans chapter 14, verses 1 to 12. Uh, Romans 14, 1 to 12 is our preaching passage. Uh, please take a moment to, to pause uh, this video and to read through uh, Romans 14, verses 1 to 12, out loud, quietly to yourself, whatever works, and then we'll share God's word together. Let's pray. Loving Father, we ask for your help. As we come to your word, we thank you that you speak. Help us to receive your word, uh, to take it in, and uh, by your spirit, we ask, Father, that you'd apply these truths to our hearts, our minds, our souls. Uh, and, and as that happens, we would exalt Christ and that you would be glorified above all else. We ask for your help in this, in Jesus' name. Amen. The main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. Who said that? Well, if you've read... Uh, seven habits of highly effective people millions have apparently you'll know that Steve Covey the author uh, said those words the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing what on earth is the main thing well the main thing I think reflects your loves your commitments and your priorities that which we love above all else that's going to be the main thing surely and as you think about the main thing, note two things. Let nothing distract you. Don't let the little things get in the way of the main thing, because that's just silly. And secondly, make sure the main thing is the right thing. Whatever is the object of one's affection, get it right. Because if you get, get it wrong, if you pick wrong, then putting energy and emotion and investment in the wrong thing, well, that's not going to go so well, is it? So what is the main thing? Well, we open up our Bibles. What does Jesus say about the main thing? Well, in Matthew 22, verses 37, we looked at this last week. Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all of your heart and all of your soul and all of your mind this is the first and greatest commandment and the second is like it what is it that's right love your neighbor as yourself here is the main thing if you need a summary of the main thing i think you can't do much worse than this at all here's the main thing loving god with every part of our being and what follows and flows out of a love for god that's right love your neighbor Love for your neighbour. And this is what we looked at last week. If you're tuned in and listening carefully, this is Romans 12 and following. That as Christ laid down his life for us, well, chapter 12, verse 1, that's what we do. We lay ourselves down. We offer our bodies uh, in true and proper worship of God as living sacrifices. And as living sacrifices... Uh, we serve the body of believers. We see that in chapter 12, verses 3 to 13. 
We bless our enemies even. That's chapter 12, verses 14 to 21. We even go the way of the government. That's chapter 13, verses 1 to 7. As we truly and properly worship God this way. And incidentally, the way Jesus first did himself. This is what Jesus did. And so as we go the way of Jesus, hey, bingo, look, we're loving our neighbour. Chapter 13, verses 8 to 10. We are clothed in Christ Jesus. We're like him. We're growing in him. We're showing him. Friends, this is the main thing, surely. This is true and proper worship. It's got to be the main thing. And so here is an encouragement straight away. Let nothing sidetrack us. Let nothing buffet us. Let nothing distract us. If this is all what true and proper worship is, if it is holy to God, verse 1, chapter 12, and pleasing to God, chapter 12, verse 1, let nothing, particularly the pattern of the world, verse 2 of chapter 12, let nothing sway you and get it get in the way of things. And maybe this is where the bells of the renewed mind go ding, ding, ding again. Because if Jesus is the main thing, the utmost thing, well, what does that look like in your life over the past, I don't know, last few years? It's an important question. We get tied up with good things and lots of good things to get busy with. But, what are, but the good things aren't necessarily the best thing and the ultimate thing, are they? Oh, they're, they're good. Don't, don't mistake that. But what about the best thing? The main thing. It's easy for good things to crowd out the best thing, the main thing. But even good things don't rate compared to the best thing. We need to hear this encouragement. See, the question again, how has the gospel of Christ shaped your priorities over the past 12 months? Are you keeping the main thing the main thing? Well, what does that look like over over time? Or, okay, don't worry about the past 12 months. That's too hard. What about the past week? Or the past few days? What about yesterday? Let's go the past 24 hours. If the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing, what is that going to look like tomorrow? And you might go, well, okay, deeper prayer life. Uh, you might say, oh, I'm going to be more focused and less distracted on my quiet time reading God's word. And I'm going to say, awesome, important, good for you. But know that at some stage, all that love for God that you have for God, that he has for you in Christ Jesus, that as we clothe ourselves and put on that armor of light, you've got to know at some stage it's going to touch others, isn't it? It's going to touch others. Unless, of course, it's not the main thing. And if it's not the main thing, it's not true and proper worship. Which brings us to chapter 14. That's the platform to chapter 14. Quick summary through chapters 12 to 13. I hope that's okay. Forgive me for that. But chapter 14 is an invitation to keep the main thing the main thing. Still. Look at verse 1. Accept one another, accept the one whose faith is weak 
without quarrelling over disputable matters. How good are we at that? The context here is the body of believers, people of Christian faith. Every church fellowship is made up of people from different backgrounds. Just think about your church family and you know it's true. Our unity as Christians is a unity in diversity. Uh, the church in Rome was a good example of such diversity, uh, at which if not handled uh, sensitively, uh, that could become dis disruptive of Christian unity. In this church, in Romans, we've been hearing there are believers with Jewish backgrounds and Gentile backgrounds. All are Christians. Some have Jewish, a Jewish background and, and, and then you've got Gentiles who don't. So when I say Jewish believers, I'm not, just, I'm not talking about the Jews. I'm talking about Christians with a Jewish background. And because of their background... Well, they're still uptight about ceremonial food laws. It's what they've lived with all their life. That's verse 2. Now, one person's faith allows them to eat anything. Gentiles. But another's faith, who is weak, eats only vegetables. Uh, the one who eats everything must not treat with contempt the one who does not, and on it goes. And so, no bacon sandwich. If you, if you were a Christian from a Jewish background, you're still going to be resistant from that because your senses, you've taught yourself to be resistant. And that's not going to change like that. Special days were a thing. So not just food, but special days. But the Gentiles, not a thing. Who cares? Wasn't a thing before. Now I'm a Christian. It's still not a thing now. But Paul is saying, he's urging the Roman church that even though there are differences of background here, we're still going to accept one another. We're still going to be mates and warmly embrace one another. Why? Because just, well, that's what God has done for us in the gospel. That's the basis. God has accepted us. So all in the church are specifically warned in verse 3. The one who eats everything must not eat... <laughs> the one... The <laughs> Verse 3, the one who eats everything, crikeys, who is that person? Uh, they must not treat with contempt the one who does not, and the one who does not eat everything must not judge the one who does, for God has accepted them. There, there it is. Gentile believers, in this case, Gentile believers are, are the stronger. Uh, but they must not be superior and look down on tradition-bound Jewish believers. Likewise, Jewish believers must not condemn uninhibited uh, Gentiles by slandering them as worldly. Look at those worldly lot. They're not religious enough. Can you hear it? And Paul is saying, no, stop that. You've got to be, there's got to be a warm mutual acceptance. The Gentile believer eats the bacon sandwich to the glory of God. No issue, no obstacles. But again, the Jewish believer, they spent a lifetime not doing that. And even though Jesus declared all foods clean, eating pig is still something they don't want to have to come at. They, they can't stomach, stomach that. And guess what? That's okay. That's okay. 
Because being a Christian isn't defined by what we eat. It's not the gospel plus bacon. Or it's not the gospel less bacon. It's just the gospel. So keep the main thing the main thing. Now these issues, of course, have a tendency to, to divide. So this is why we're getting chapter 14. And Paul calls them, look, they're disputable matters. And then we have to ask, that's verse 1, by the way. We have to ask, well, what is a disputable matter? Well, verse 2, we've talked about this already. It's food. Or verse 5, it might be a special day. Maybe the Jews made a lot of the Sabbath still. Uh, that would sound possible, wouldn't it? Verse 21, even drinking wine in front of others still gets a run here. But there are other disputable matters, aren't there? There are matters on which the Bible doesn't speak or it speaks about in an, in an open way, so which, which allows believers to have different views yet still be attached to Christ, I think. So what examples? Okay, parenting, schooling, politics, church government, how we do Holy Communion, how we do baptism, how we do music, what kind of music. But we also have to take care because not every issue is a gospel issue. And not every issue is indisputable. Not every hill is a hill to die on. Conversely, we must be careful of making disputable matters indisputable. Making a mountain out of a molehill. Why shouldn't we do that? Well, because because <laughs> you're making a mountain out of a molehill. It's disruptive to fellowship. It's energy sapping to spend time arguing over matters that are really non-essential. Further, we must also be careful not to turn indisputable, non-negotiable matters into disputable ones. For example, here's an example from history. The Confessing Church in Nazi Germany did this. What did they do? They asked Jewish believers not to come to church. Why? Well, they were trying to respect the consciences of weaker brothers. And the weaker brothers in this case were non-Jewish believers who were the Nazis. Did you see what they did? They turned an indisputable, non-negotiable matter that all believers, whatever their background, are welcome into their fellowship. They turned it into a disputable one, um, a flexible one. And so we must be sure that in the local fellowship, we work hard to maintain unity, but at the same time, respect our diversity by recognising that we can be different in so many ways and yet still be one in Christ Jesus. Verse 8. If we live, we live for the Lord. And if we die, we die for the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. For this very reason Christ died and returned to life so that he might be the Lord of both the dead and the living. The foundation of our fellowship is not found in any cultural, political, racial 
or denominational expression, but in the fact that Christ died and rose again for us and that we belong to him, that we are in him. And that's the main thing, isn't it? So again, keep the main thing the main thing. And the main thing is God's acceptance of us through the gospel. Now, when we read this chapter, I reckon some people get triggered because they're, all they're thinking about now is vaccinations. And that's the issue of the day, isn't it? Let's read chapter 14, verse 1. Come with me in light of that observation. Except the one whose faith is weak without quarrelling over disputable matters. One's person's faith allows them to be vaccinated, but another whose faith is weak does not. The one who gets vaccinated must not treat with contempt the one who does not. And the one who does not get vaccinated must not judge the one who does, for God has accepted them. Who are you to judge? Blah, 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 blah. And on it goes. Or let me read this another way. Except the one whose faith is weak, without quarrelling over disputable matters. One person's faith allows them to be oh, unvaccinated. But another whose faith is weak does allow them to be vaccinated. The one who doesn't must not treat with contempt the one who does. And the one who does get vaccinated must not judge the one who does not. For God has what? He has accepted them. As you see, this is why chapter 14 is so good for us. Got to keep the main thing, the main thing, no matter what. It's easy to make a disputable matter indisputable. It's easy to argue over the things that we believe are important, but when we open up our Bibles and submit to the Lordship of Jesus, we realise, oh, yeah, that's not about the gospel. It's a side issue. And so it's a good reason to pray for church leaders, parish councillors, wardens, pray for your staff. And it's a good reason to pray for one another, to keep this gospel central in our relationships with each other. It does highlight the issue of uh, departures from church or splits in church when they happen over things that aren't about the gospel at all. Uh, that's the point of great sadness. Uh, too often, people's leaving seems to reflect a denial of the gospel. And chapter 14 holds no scope for that kind of thinking. Chapter 12, verse 5. In Christ, we, though many, form one body. Each member belongs to one another. And so we live like that's true. We keep the main thing the main thing. And so again, we ding, ding, ding. We have to reset our minds. We have to renew our thinking. We don't go the way of the world. We keep the main thing the main thing. And the main thing is the gospel, in case you missed that. Now let me finish with three reasons to keep the main thing the main thing. Three reasons why the Roman church should warmly accept one another and not divide on disputable matters. And three reasons for us. First, he says, verse 3, our ongoing acceptance of one another is based on God's once and for all acceptance of us in Christ Jesus. That's the main thing. We've been talking about that. But let me expand on that a bit more now. If God has not made the issue a barrier of fellowship with him, whatever the issue is, 
if it's not a barrier to fellowship with him, then we must not create more rigid standards than God and make it a barrier to fellowship with one another. God accepts us through the gospel. So we are to accept one another. Secondly, Paul says in verses 5 to 8, that in the case of disputable matters, each person should develop their own convictions. But verse 6 then tells us that those convictions are to be held to the Lord. So it's your conviction that you hold, but you hold it to the Lord before Him. You've got to live before God with your conviction. So whatever you decide, you need to live before God with it. And I've talked about convictions before. We need to form biblical convictions absolutely because our minds need renewing, remember. And so in verses 7 and 8, if we are to live under the Lordship of Christ, and if even life and death cannot disturb my relationship with Christ, then minor matters like food or drink or days should not disturb my relationship to Christ or my relationship to his church. So here's a question. What the hang-up do you have at the moment that is getting in the way of any potential fellowship with your church family, your local church? What hang-ups have you got? Come to chapter 14. Have a good read of it. God has accepted you. God puts no barriers in the way. And this is how it rolls in for us as we relate to one another as a church. So if you've got barriers that you're putting in the way, you need to take them down because that's what God has done for you in Christ Jesus. There are no barriers between us and God and so there should be no barriers between us and fellow believers. So connect to your church. Connect to your church. Live like you know that, that, that to be true. Keep the main thing the main thing. Come back to the gospel. Come back to God's love for you in Christ Jesus. Here's a third thing, verses 9 to 12. Who are we to judge one another? Indeed, when it is Christ's own blood which purchased his church. One day, every knee will bow to Jesus Christ the Lord. They're not going to be bowing to you, and they're not, definitely not going to be bowing to me. But because that's true, there's no room for judgment on our part. That's, judgment is the Lord's department. We've heard that already. And so these are good words for us to hear in our diverse Christian communities. It's very easy for us to reduce the number of disputable matters and then to judge one another over issues that may be no more than a cultural preference. Paul's ambition here in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 11 is relevant. If you know the verses, you know that Paul says to make it our ambition to lead a quiet life, to mind our own business, and to work with our hands. The accuser, the devil, the accuser of our brothers is the devil. Revelation 12.10 is a good reference. And it's clear that the accuser doesn't need any help from us. The one who will judge us is the Lord Jesus. We're accountable to him and he shares the throne with no one. So when Jesus returns, will he find his church keeping the main thing the main thing. There's the encouragement. God bless you.
as we come to a time of prayer, uh, please um, don't not pray. Make sure you spend time uh, giving things to God, uh, finding things to be thankful for, and petitioning God, asking God for things. Certainly there are things to be thankful for in Romans 14, verses 1 to 12. Uh, lots there to be thankful for. You can be thankful for, dear God, thank you that on account of the blood of Christ, you've accepted me. Uh, what's one thing then I could ask for? Oh Lord, so then help me to accept my brothers and sisters to warmly embrace them. Uh, Father God, you've taken away all the barriers of fellowship between you and I. You've done that in Christ. So help me not to put up obstacles that, that get in the way of my fellowship with my brothers and sisters in Christ. There's another good prayer. So pray in light of Scripture and all that we've talked about. Uh, but there are other things to be praying for. Pray for uh, our missionaries, Andy and Margie, Gil and Ruth. Uh, pray for our mission partners, CMS, BCA, Open Doors, Compassion. The list goes on. Uh, pray for the lonely, the sick, the outcast, uh, those that are battling with uh, recent diagnoses, um, uh, all of those things. I pray for those who are unable to be in church physically at the moment and, and are missing that for whatever circumstance. Um, pray for an end of COVID. There's a good prayer. Um, and I'll leave the rest to you. We pray for our world leaders and our local leaders as well. There's the euthanasia bill that's put before state parliament. Synod is coming up for our Anglican church later on this month. Praying for our bishop and the clergy and the laity as we gather. Lots of things to be praying about. Lord's Prayer is there. Uh, let me commend that to you. Uh, as we close the service, as we close this time together, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. Above all else, may the Lord grant you his peace. Amen.